Chapter 3.31 Part 3 of Personal Narrative of Travels to the Equinoctial Regions of America during the years 1799 to 1804, Volume 3, by Alexander von Humboldt, translated by Thomasina Ross. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 3.31 Part 3 Agriculture when the Spaniards began their settlements in the islands and on the continent of America, those productions of the soil chiefly cultivated were, as in Europe, the plants that served to nourish man. This primitive stage of the agricultural life of nations has been preserved till the present time in Mexico, in Peru, in the cold and temperate regions of Cundinamarca, in short, wherever the domination of the whites comprehends a vast extent of territory. The elementary plants, bananas, manioc, maize, the cereals of Europe, potatoes, and quinoa, have continued to be at different heights above the level of the sea, the basis of continental agriculture within the tropics. Indigo, cotton, coffee, and sugarcane appear in those regions only in intercalated groups. Cuba and the other islands of the archipelago of the Antilles presented during the space of two centuries and a half a uniform aspect. The same plants were cultivated which had nourished the half-wild natives and the vast savannas of the great islands were peopled with numerous herds of cattle. Piedra de Atienza planted the first sugar canes in St. Domingo about the year 1520, and cylindrical presses moved by water wheels were constructed. Note. On the trapiche or molinos de agua of the 16th century, see Oviedo, Hist Nat des Ind, Lib. 4, Cap. 8, End of Note. But the island of Cuba participated little in these efforts of rising industry, and what is very remarkable, in 1553, the historians of the conquest mention no exportation of sugar except that of Mexican sugar for Spain and Peru. Note. Lopez de Gomara, Conquista de Mexico, Medina del Campo, 1353, Fall 129. End of note. Far from throwing into commerce what we now call colonial produce, the Havana, till the 18th century, exported only skins and leather. The rearing of cattle was succeeded by the cultivation of tobacco and the rearing of bees, of which the first hives, colmenares, were brought from the Floridas. Wax and tobacco soon became more important objects of commerce than leather, but were shortly superseded in their turn by the sugar cane and coffee. The cultivation of these productions did not exclude more ancient cultivation, and in the different phases of agricultural industry, notwithstanding the general tendency to make the coffee plantations predominate, the sugar houses furnish the greatest amount in the annual profits. The exportation of tobacco, coffee, sugar, and wax, by lawful and illicit means, amounts to 14 millions of piastres, according to the actual price of those articles. Three qualities of sugar are distinguished in the island of Cuba, according to the degree of purity attained by refining. Grados de purga. In every loaf or reversed cone, the upper part yields the white sugar, the middle part the yellow sugar or quebrado, and the lower part or point of the cone the cucurucho. All the sugar of Cuba is consequently refined. A very small quantity is introduced, of course, or muscovado sugar, by corruption, azucar muscabado. The forms being of a different size, the loaves, panes, differ also in weight. They generally weigh an aroba after refining. The refiners, maestros de azúcar, endeavor to make every loaf of sugar yield five-ninths of white, three-ninths of quebrado, and one-ninth of cucurucho. 
the price of white sugar is higher when sold alone than in the sale called surtido in which three-fifths of white sugar and two-fifths of quebrado are combined in the same lot in the latter case the difference of the price is generally four reals reals de plata in the former it rises to six or seven reals the revolution of saint domingo the prohibitions dictated by the continental system of napoleon the enormous consumption of sugar in england and the united states the progress of cultivation in cuba brazil demerara the mauritius and java have occasioned great fluctuations of price in an interval of twelve years it was from three to seven reals in eighteen o seven and from twenty four to twenty eight reals in eighteen eighteen which proves fluctuations in the relation of one to five during my stay in the plains of guinas in eighteen o four i endeavoured to obtain some accurate information respecting the statistics of the making of sugar-cane a great ingenio producing from thirty two thousand to forty thousand arrobas of sugar is generally fifty caballerias or six hundred and fifty hectares in extent of which the half less than one-tenth of a square sea-league is allotted to sugar-making properly so called canaveral and the other half for alimentary plants and pasturage potrero Note. the agrarian measure called caballeria is eighteen cordels each cordel includes twenty-four varas or four hundred and thirty-two square varas consequently as one vara equals point eight three five meters according to rodriguez a caballeria is one hundred and eighty six thousand six hundred and twenty four square varas or one hundred and thirty thousand one hundred and eighteen square meters or thirty two and two tenths english acres end of note the price of land varies naturally according to the quality of the soil and the proximity of the ports of the havana matanzas and mariel in a circuit of twenty-five leagues round the havana the caballeria may be estimated at two or three thousand piastres for a produce of thirty-two thousand arrobas or two thousand cases of sugar the ingenio must have at least three hundred negroes Note. there are very few plantations in the whole island of cuba capable of furnishing forty thousand arrobas among these few are the ingenio of rio blanco or of the marques del arca and those belonging to don rafael ofarel and doña felicia Harurigi. sugar houses are thought to be very considerable they yield two thousand cases annually or thirty two thousand arrobas nearly three hundred and sixty eight thousand kilograms in the french colonies it is generally computed that the third or fourth part only of the land is allotted for the plantation of food bananas ignames and batatas in the spanish colonies a greater surface is lost in pasturage this is the natural consequence of the old habits of the haciendos de ganado end of note an adult and acclimated slave is worth from four hundred and fifty to five hundred piastres a bozal negro adult not acclimated three hundred and seventy to four hundred piastres it is probable that a negro costs annually in nourishment clothing and medicine forty-five to fifty piastres consequently with the interest of the capital and deducting the holidays more than twenty-two sous per day the slaves are fed with tasajo meat dried in the sun of buenos aires and caracas salt fish bacalao when the tasajo is too dear and vegetables viandas such as pumpkins munatos batatas and maize an arroba of tasajo was worth ten to twelve reals at guinas in eighteen o four and from fourteen to sixteen in eighteen twenty five an ingenio such as we here suppose with the produce of thirty-two thousand to forty thousand arrobas 
requires first three machines with cylinders put in motion by oxen, trapiche, or two water-wheels. Second, according to the old Spanish method, which, by a slow fire, causes a great consumption of wood, eighteen cauldrons, piezas, according to the first method of reverberation, introduced since the year 1801 by Monsieur Bailly of St. Domingo, under the auspices of Don Nicolas Calvo, three clarificadores, three pilas, and two trenas de tachos, each train has three piezas, in all twelve fondos. It is commonly asserted that three arrobas of refined sugar yield one barrel of meal, and that the molasses are sufficient for the expenses of the plantation. This is especially the case where they produce brandy in abundance. Thirty-two thousand arrobas of sugar yield fifteen thousand barrios de meal at two arrobas, of which five hundred pipas de aguardiente de caña are made at twenty-five piastras. In establishing an ingenio capable of furnishing two thousand cajas yearly, a capitalist would draw, according to the old Spanish method, and at the present price of sugar, an interest of six and one-sixth per cent, an interest no way considerable for an establishment not merely agricultural, and of which the expense remains the same, although the produce sometimes diminishes more than a third. It is very rarely that one of those great ingenios can make thirty-two thousand cases of sugar during several successive years. It cannot therefore be a matter of surprise that when the price of sugar in the island of Cuba has been very low, four or five piastres the quintal, the cultivation of rice has been preferred to that of sugar-cane. The profit of the old landowners, haciendados, consists first in the circumstance that the expenses of the settlement were much less twenty or thirty years ago, when a caballeria of good land cost only twelve hundred or sixteen hundred piastres, instead of two and a half thousand to three and a half thousand and the adult negro three hundred piastres instead of four hundred and fifty to five hundred second in the balance of the very low and the very high prices of sugar these prices are so different in a period of ten years that the interest of the capital varies from five to fifteen per cent in the year eighteen o four for instance if the capital employed had been only one hundred thousand piastres the raw produce according to the value of sugar and rum would have amounted to ninety four thousand piastres now from seventeen ninety seven to eighteen hundred the price of a case of sugar was sometimes mean value forty piastres instead of twenty four which i was obliged to suppose in the calculation for the year eighteen twenty five when a sugar-house a great manufacture or a mine is found in the hands of the person who first formed the establishment the estimate of the rate of interest which the capital employed yields to the proprietor can be no guide to those who purchasing afterwards balance the advantages of different kinds of industry. In soils that can be watered, or where plants with tuberose roots have preceded the cultivation of the sugar-cane, a caballeria of fertile land yields, instead of fifteen hundred arrobas, three thousand or four thousand, making two thousand six hundred and sixty, or three thousand three hundred and forty kilograms of sugar, blanco and quebrado, per hectare. In fixing on fifteen hundred arrobas and estimating the case of sugar at twenty-four piastres, according to the price of the Havana, we find that the hectare produces the value of eight hundred and seventy francs in sugar, and that of two hundred and eighty-eight francs in wheat, in the supposition of an octuple harvest, and the price of one hundred kilograms of wheat being eighteen francs. I have observed elsewhere that in this comparison of the two branches of cultivation, it must not be forgotten that the cultivation of sugar requires great capital, for instance, at present, 
400,000 piastres for an annual production of 32,000 arrobas, or 368,000 kilograms, if this quantity be made in one single settlement. At Bengal, in watered lands, an acre, 4,044 square meters, renders 2,300 kilograms of coarse sugar, making 5,700 kilograms per hectare. If this fertility is common in lands of great extent, we must not be surprised at the low price of sugar in the East Indies. The produce of a hectare is double that of the best soil in the West Indies, and the price of a free Indian day laborer is not one-third the price of the day labor of a negro slave in the island of Cuba. In Jamaica, in 1825, a plantation of 500 acres, or 15 and a half caballerias, of which 200 acres are cultivated in sugar-cane, yields, by the labor of 200 slaves, 100 oxen and 50 mules, 2,800 hundredweight, or 142,200 kilograms of sugar, and is computed to be worth with its slaves, 43,000 pounds sterling. According to this estimate of Mr. Stewart, one hectare would yield 1,760 kilograms of coarse sugar, for such is the quality of the sugar furnished for commerce at Jamaica. Reckoning in a great sugar fabric of the Havana, 25 caballerias, or 325 hectares, for a produce of from 32,000 to 40,000 cases, we find 1,130 or 1,420 kilograms of refined sugar, blanco and quebrado, per hectare. This result agrees sufficiently with that of Jamaica, if we consider the loss sustained in the weight of sugar by refining, in converting the coarse sugar into azúcar blanco y quebrado, or refined sugar. At San Domingo, a square, 3,403 square toises, equals 1.29 hectares, is estimated at 40 and sometimes 60 quintals. If we fix on 5,000 pounds, we still find 1,900 kilograms of coarse sugar per hectare. Supposing, as we ought to do, when speaking of the produce of the whole island of Cuba, that, in soils of average fertility, the caballeria, at 13 hectares, yields 1,500 arrobas of refined sugar, mixed with blanco and quebrada, or 1,330 kilograms per hectare. It follows that 60,872 hectares, or 19 four-fifths square seed leagues, nearly a ninth of the extent of a department of France of middling size, suffice to produce the 440,000 cases of refined sugar furnished by the island of Cuba for its own consumption and for lawful and illicit exportation. It seems surprising that less than 20 square sea leagues should yield an annual produce of more than the value of 52 millions of francs, counting one case at the Havana, at the rate of 24 piastres. To furnish coarse sugar for the consumption of 30 millions of French, which is actually from 56 to 60 millions of kilograms, it requires, within the tropics, but nine and five-sixths square sea leagues cultivated with sugar cane, and in temperate climates but 37 and a half square sea leagues cultivated with beetroot. A hectare of good soil sown or planted with beetroot produces in France from 10 to 30,000 kilograms of beetroot. The mean fertility is 20,000 kilograms, which furnish 2.5%, or 500 kilograms of coarse sugar. Now 100 kilograms of that sugar yield 50 kilograms of refined sugar, 30 of sugar bourgeoise, and 20 of muscovade. Consequently, a hectare of beetroot produces 250 kilograms of refined sugar. 
a short time before my arrival at the havana there had been sent from germany some specimens of beetroot sugar which were said to menace the existence of the sugar islands in america the planters had learned with alarm that it was a substance entirely similar to sugar-cane but they flattered themselves that the high price of labor in europe and the difficulty of separating the sugar fit for crystallization from so great a mass of vegetable pulp would render the operation on a grand scale little profitable chemistry has since that period succeeded in overcoming those difficulties and in the year eighteen twelve france alone had more than two hundred beetroot sugar factories working with very unequal success and producing a million of kilograms of coarse sugar that is a fifty-eighth part of the actual consumption of sugar in france those two hundred factories are now reduced to fifteen or twenty which yield a produce of three hundred thousand kilograms Note. although the actual price of sugar-cane not refined is one franc fifty cents in the kilogram in the ports the production of beetroot sugar offers a still greater advantage in certain localities for instance in the vicinity of arras these establishments would be introduced in many other parts of france if the price of the sugar of the west indies rose to two francs or two francs twenty-five cents the kilogram and if the government laid no tax on the beetroot sugar to compensate the loss on the consumption of colonial sugar the making of beetroot sugar is especially profitable when combined with a general system of rural economy with the improvement of the soil and the nourishment of cattle it is not a cultivation independent of local circumstances like that of the sugar-cane in the tropics End of note. the inhabitants of the west indies well informed of the affairs of europe no longer fear beetroot grapes chestnuts and mushrooms the coffee of naples nor the indigo of the south of france fortunately the improvement of the condition of the west indies slaves does not depend on the success of these branches of european cultivation previously to the year seventeen sixty two the island of cuba did not furnish more commercial produce than the three least industrious and most neglected provinces with respect to cultivation veragua the isthmus of panama and darien do at present a political event which appeared extremely unfortunate the taking of the havana by the english roused the public mind the town was evacuated in seventeen eighty four and its subsequent efforts of industry date from that memorable period the construction of new fortifications on a gigantic plan threw a great deal of money suddenly into circulation note it is affirmed that the construction of the fort of cabana alone cost fourteen millions of piastres End of note. later the slave trade became free and furnished hands for the sugar factories free trade with all the ports of spain and occasionally with neutral states the able administration of don luis de las casas the establishment of the consulado and the patriotic society the destruction of the french colony of saint domingo note in three successive attempts in august seventeen ninety one june seventeen ninety three and october eighteen o three above all the unfortunate and sanguinary expedition of generals leclerc and rochambeau completed the destruction of the sugar factories of st domingo End of note. and the rise in the price of sugar which was the natural consequence the improvement in machines and ovens due in great part to the refugees of cape francois the more intimate connection formed between the proprietors of the sugar factories and the merchants of the havana the great capital employed by the latter in agricultural establishments sugar and coffee plantations such have been successively the causes of the increasing prosperity of the island of cuba 
notwithstanding the conflict of the authorities which serves to embarrass the progress of affairs the greatest changes in the plantations of sugar-cane and in the sugar factories took place from seventeen ninety six to eighteen hundred first mules were substituted trapiche de mulas for oxen trapiche de bueyes and afterwards hydraulic wheels were introduced trapiche de agua which the first conquistadors had employed at saint domingo finally the action of steam engines was tried at cibabo at the expense of count haruco y mopes there are now twenty-five of those machines in the different sugar-mills in the island of cuba the culture of the sugar-cane of otaheite in the meantime increased boilers of preparation clarificadoras were introduced and the reverberating furnaces better arranged it must be said to the honour of wealthy proprietors that in a great number of plantations a kind of solicitude is manifested for sick slaves for the introduction of negresses and for the education of children the number of sugar-cane factories ingenios in seventeen seventy five was four hundred and seventy three in the whole island and in eighteen seventeen more than seven hundred and eighty among the former none produced the fourth part of the sugar now made in the ingenios of second rank it is consequently not the number of factories that can afford an accurate idea of the progress of that branch of agricultural industry the first sugar-canes carefully planted on virgin soil yield a harvest during twenty to twenty-five years after which they must be replanted every three years there existed in eighteen o four at the hacienda de matamoros a square canaveral worked during forty-five years the most fertile soil for the production of sugar is now in the vicinity of mariel and Wanahe. that variety of sugar cane known by the name of cana de otahiti recognized at a distance by a fresher green has the advantage of furnishing on the same extent of soil one-fourth more juice and a stem more woody thicker and consequently richer in combustible matter the refiners maestros de azucar pretend that the vijou guarapo of the cana de otahiti is more easily worked and yields more crystallized sugar by adding less lime or potash to the verzu the south sea sugar-cane furnishes no doubt after five or six years cultivation the thinnest stubble but the knots remain more distant from each other than in the cana creolia or de la tierra the apprehension at first entertained of the former degenerating by degrees into ordinary sugar-cane is happily not realized the sugar-cane is planted in the island of cuba in the rainy season from july to october and the harvest is gathered from february to may in proportion as by too rapid clearing the island has become unwooded the sugar-houses have begun to want fuel a little stalk sugar-cane destitute of its juice used to be employed to quicken the fire beneath the old cauldrons tachos but it is only since the introduction of reverberating furnaces by the emigrants of st domingo that the attempt has been made to dispense altogether with wood and burn only refuse sugar-cane in the old construction of furnaces and cauldrons a taria of wood of one hundred and sixty cubic feet is burnt to produce five arrobas of sugar or for a hundred kilograms of raw sugar two hundred and seventy-eight cubic feet of the wood of the lemon and orange trees are required in the reverberating furnaces of st domingo a cart of refuse cane of four hundred and ninety-five cubic feet produced six hundred and forty pounds of coarse sugar which make one hundred and fifty eight cubic feet of refuse cane for one hundred kilograms of sugar i attempted during my stay at guinas and especially at rio blanco with the count de mopes several new constructions with a view of diminishing the expense of fuel 
surrounding the focus with substances which do not powerfully conduct the heat and thus diminish the sufferings of the slaves who keep up the fire a long residence in the salt-producing districts of europe and the labours of practical halergy to which i have been devoted since my early youth suggested to me the idea of those constructions which have been imitated with some success couvercles of wood placed on clarificadores accelerated the evaporation and led me to believe that a system of cuvercles and movable frames furnished with counterweights might extend to other cauldrons this object merits further examination but the quantity of vijou guarapo of the crystallized sugar extracted and that which is destroyed the fuel the time and the pecuniary expense must be carefully estimated an error very general throughout europe and one which influences opinion respecting the effects of the abolition of the slave trade is that in those West India islands called sugar colonies, the majority of the slaves are supposed to be employed in the production of sugar. The cultivation of the sugar cane is no doubt a powerful incentive to the activity of the slave trade, but a very simple calculation suffices to prove that the total mass of slaves contained in the West Indies is nearly three times greater than the number employed in the production of sugar. I showed seven years ago that, if the two hundred thousand cases of sugar exported from the island of cuba in eighteen twelve were produced in the great establishments less than thirty thousand slaves would have sufficed for that kind of labour it ought to be borne in mind for the interest of humanity that the evils of slavery weigh on a much greater number of individuals than agricultural labours require even admitting which i am very far from doing that sugar coffee indigo and cotton can be cultivated only by slaves at the island of cuba it is generally supposed that one hundred and fifty negroes are required to produce one thousand cases one hundred and eighty four thousand kilograms of refined sugar or in round numbers a little more than one thousand two hundred kilograms by the labour of each adult slave the production of four hundred and forty thousand cases would consequently require only sixty six thousand slaves if we add thirty-six thousand to that number for the cultivation of coffee and tobacco in the island of cuba we find that about one hundred thousand of the two hundred and sixty thousand slaves now there would suffice for the three branches of colonial industry on which the activity of commerce depends End of chapter three point thirty one part three